This is CliffCentral.com. You're listening to The Bounce Show with Byron Karpinski. I'm Hugh Bladen, and it's on CliffCentral.com. Um, it's Cliff Central, Blades, and it's Ben Karpinski. Why didn't you tell me? Ben Karpinski on CliffCentral.com. Final bounce show of the year. My name is Ben Kopinski. Thank you so much for joining me. As you have done throughout this entire year. Well, I bloody well hope so anyway. Well, I'm sure you did. Well, who cares? It is the final show. It is the 21st of December. We're deep into December. So if you're on holiday right now, well, happy holidays. I already hope you are because this is the most wonderful time of the year. I tell myself that every year. And, um, well, by this deep into the month, it kind of becomes that way. If you are going away, I hope you have happy, safe travels. If you are on the road right now, I hope you listen to lots and lots of podcasts, including this one. And uh, all well, yeah, it's been a much better year than 2016. I think 2016, as people said, sucked a load of bag of dicks. Endless bags, 2016 did. And 2017, well, it was, it gave us hope, if nothing else, from a South African point of view, as far as our, our cricket teams and rugby teams in certain stages. But ultimately, it was disappointing from a greater whole. But I still feel it just never was as bad as 2016. In the uh, football world, also not so great. Anyway, I'm not going to nitpick on little things in my intro. Today's show is all about just recapping the year from January all the way through to now. And obviously, you know, we've been covering a lot of sports on Cliff Central the whole year, whether you listen to me on the Gareth Cliff Show in the mornings every single day or every Thursday here on The Bound Show. We have got through a lot. A lot of stuff you've probably already forgotten about. I know those first few months were, well, just so long away. And uh, they're about to be repeated again. So the sporting year is something that we always try to find new ways to find exciting and memorable. And uh, sometimes it's a bit like deja vu. Sometimes it's the same people dominating. And sometimes we get some real absolute upstarts that come out of nowhere and take all the glory. So today's show is all about recapping against that. If you are listening live, if you want to get involved, uh, you can WeChat. Sorry, uh, WeChat Cliff Central official account there. Otherwise, on the WhatsApp 0797482090. Or you can just tweet me. You can tweet me at follow the bounce by anything in particular from 2017 you really enjoyed. I pretty much got a whole list of things to work through. But if you don't want to chime in, and uh, you're most welcome to. Right, listen to podcast. Well, great. You can press play. You can press pause. You can press stop. You can do whatever you want because this is our dual fantastic medium platform here where it's wherever you need it, wherever you want it. That sounds rather sexual. So let's just get into it, shall we? The year of 2017, starting in January with AFCON. See, January is a bit of a strange month in that nobody really cares about a lot of the sports that are going on. A lot of people just kind of hung over from, well, December, early Jan, New Year's parties, festive season, all that kind of stuff. But uh, AFCON is the first thing that always kind of happens, and it's probably the least memorable big occasion of the year. And I say that with all respect to all the African countries. But from a South African point of view, it's quite difficult to really get into this tournament because, well... Bafana, Bafana don't make this one. They also don't really make the World Cup. They don't do a lot, do they? Very little return on fan investment is this team. And I know we've got to be positive and try to provide hope for these guys, but it's just not good enough that a population of over 50 million and we can't put together a competent 11 footballers on a field that can dominate or at least compete with the likes of the rest of the African continent. So, uh, oh, look at that, huh? I've started the 2017 wrap up negative as all hell. I'm sorry. But in the AFCON, Cameroon, well, they flew all the way through to the finals. Burkina Faso were looking like quite a interesting dark horse bet there. Played some amazing football throughout, but they came on stuck against Egypt in the semis. Egypt versus Cameroon in the final, and Cameroon winning that one. A little bloody good it did for them though, because they failed to make the World Cup from there. Interesting. Also, the champions of the, uh, Copa America. Chile, also not going to the World Cup. How about that, huh? How about them apples? Johan Kursen, he is a very talented rugby player. Uh, he was playing for the box last year, I think. A tremendous, tremendous fly-half slash fullback talent, depending on where you see him. 
he was making quite a bit of money in France. He was like, you know, a real great young player. I mean, he's still early to mid-20s. But out of nowhere in January in 2017, he decided that he was going to basically call it quits. He was going to retire from rugby. To which everybody said, oh, this is a joke, right? This this can't be real. He said he was going to then pursue a career back in South Africa on a farm, doing some sort of leather business, I think it was. But there was more to the story. It turns out he just wanted out of his contract. And he wasn't prepared to honor the rest of it for racing. And his great plan, his real harebrained plan cooked up by, I'm sure, his agent, to which he just went along with, was to retire from rugby. Therefore, his contract becomes null and void. And then while that miraculously happens, he can then re-sign for a new team. But it became quite a comical affair, if you remember, because then French uh, media then followed him. <laughs> the French media basically stalked him in South Africa. They found him on some farm driving a big truck. And uh, needless to say, there was no comment or anything like that. So it's been a very strange year for him. There are rumors linking him back to another big money move to a French team. There was rumors about him playing for the Cheetahs. It, it just, he's made a terrible career choice. And that was all back in January. Back in January in the English Premier League, Liverpool were looking solid. They were looking like a really good team. They were looking like Jurgen Klopp might actually have something with these guys. They were in all the cup competitions. They were right behind uh, Chelsea in the league. And then January, everything fell to shit. Everything. They went out of the FA Cup. They were out of the League Cup. They then just suddenly lost huge on the ground in uh, in the Premier League uh, title race. And then with that, that was it. Up in smoke. After a pretty well, one-dimensional, one-sided uh, Sri Lankan tour of the country for uh, against the Proteas and crickets, Kyle Abbott and Riley Rousseau, well, they dropped a bit of a bombshell in Cape Town after that winning test series. Two players who are very much primed for a great future for the Proteas uh, as an explosive batsman and bowler. Kyle Abbott decided to go the Colpac route, and uh, he made the announcement. It was relatively teary. And Riley Rousseau, well, I think he kind of sent CSA a text message. I think they were really kind of, they were, look, they were pissed off with Carl Abbott, but they were really, really pissed off with Riley Rousseau and how he did that whole thing. So it, it's, look, you, you kind of, there was always two sides to the story. There was the side that, you know, as a white South African, you're not guaranteed any, sorry, as a white South African, you're not guaranteed uh, starting lineup um, spots. And it's a reality of this country, obviously, because of the racial quotas that are in place. And certain players will be picked ahead of them. And uh, it's just a reality all the players live with, and they know that it's part of their career. And then if you look at a guy like Kyle Abbott, you know, he was dicked around a bit for four or five years. He was always a good bowler. He was always working really hard. But he was never really a certainty. And we all know the big fiasco in the World Cup where he was suddenly dropped for uh, Werner Philander, a move which I believe backfires seeing as Abbott was South Africa's best bowler in that tournament. Anyway, that's all history. These guys were looking to make a new future. They signed Colpax, and that was that. Cricket South Africa were pretty pissed off about that. Haroon Logat and uh, then coach Russell Domingo. Well, he was all like, well, we put a lot of effort and a lot of money into these guys. And, uh, well, they're not really repaying the effort, are they? So, yeah, rightfully, they are really, really pissed off. So that was kind of a big bombshell to start the year. And it wasn't good because the problem with the, the Proteas and losing key players like that is that they were about to go, well, this year, obviously, they went on that tour of England where a, a bowler like Kyle Abbott would have been hugely, hugely appreciated. And, uh, well, that was that. He went and um, his career was primed for that opportunity, but wasn't to happen. Golf-wise, in January, well, Rory McIlroy came to the SA Open, and with that, the SA Open became a huge event on the European Tour. It really was. The crowds were incredible. I remember being there on that first morning at Glendale on the Thursday, and their their first hole, the teed off, Rory McIlroy was grouped with uh, George Garcia and Brandon Stone, defending champion. And the entire 10th hole was lined with people, like three deep, an entire 440 meters of, of golf hole. And that the crowd, I've never seen anything like it in this country on a golf course. And unfortunately for Rory, well, he was favorite to win it. He played bloody well. He did cause a bit of an injury to himself halfway through. He was thinking about pulling out, but obviously he was there to, you know, Ernie else invited him there. He was the big showpiece and he just played on. And unfortunately, a stuttery Sunday round meant he got into a playoff with Graham Storm. And Graham Storm actually won in the playoff. He managed to just outlast Rory. The 18th of Glendale is not a great playoff hole. You're generally going to make a par there unless something really bad happens. But uh, that was that. So Roy McIlroy then said, well, look, kind of got a bit of a 
a stress fracture or something. My ribs not great. He was then out of golf until March, so he missed the full UAE uh, winter swing. Really, really unfortunate for him. Justin Thomas, meanwhile, on the other golfing side of the world, was scoring. He shot a 59 at the, at the Sony Open. He set a new uh, course record there. He won that. He won that, that Players Championship. Uh, sorry, Winners Championship thing uh, a week prior to that. So two wins right off the bat for Justin Thomas. And everyone was saying this could be a huge year for him. Well, little did they know that that was going to ring, ring true. John Rahm, who is another massive uh, story happening in golf, he won his first tournament in January back at the Farmers uh, Insurance Open, whatever, whatever. Tiger tried to make come back to that one at Torrey Pines. Of course, he knows so well, but he sort of missed the cut terribly. He wasn't looking himself. It was dreadful. In more sad golfing news, SA golfer Wayne Westner committed suicide back in January. Uh, he had a bit of a troubled um, sort of latter years of his life, uh, a variety of things were happening in his life and he just never really come to terms with it, obviously. And he shot himself in front of his then wife and, and kid. Very sad. Tennis-wise in January, well, 2017 was always going to be about Djokovic versus Murray. Murray was the world number one going on into 2017. He had a 28-match winning streak by the time he met uh, Novak Djokovic in the Qatar Open. Now, Novak Djokovic, of course, was so dominant in the sport for the years prior to um, 2016 or 2016 and before. And the two squared up. Djokovic won that. And with that, everyone thought it kind of set the tone for an amazing year of those two going head-to-head in all the majors. Well, Djokovic went out in the third round of the Aussie Open. Murray went out in the fourth round of the Aussie Open. And then it was back to the old faithfuls. Federer and Nadal final. Turns out six of the eight uh, semi-finalists in the men's and women's draw were all over the age of 30. And in the men's, it was Federer Djokovic. Sorry, Federer Nadal. And Roger, what an absolute champion. He came through to win that 18th title, 18th grandstand title. Just an incredible, incredible story. And on the women's side of things, well... It was an all-Williams sister final, and Serena came through to get the magical number 23. I, I still believe that the Aussie Open in 2017 was the tennis grand slam of our lifetimes. It was just incredible. There were some really, really great upsets throughout both men and women's draw, but the fact that Serena Williams won and Roger Federer won, and they were quality finals. They really were. They were just. It was a great tournament from start to finish. So that was the major highlight of January. And, uh, yeah, it was just something that I will always cherish watching. And I'm not even a big uh, tennis fan. i got to say, I'm not a big tennis fan whatsoever. But it was a good January. And with that, got into February. And right about February is a time of the year where, while you're back at work, you're very much not on holiday anymore. And um, with that, you become a lot more focused on your year-to-year things. So with February starting, of course, was the Six Nations Rugby. Now, Scotland, we all know, have always been the whipping boys, whether they're up there, down here, wherever they are. Scotland never had a great rugby team. They don't really have a lot of players, that's for sure. They don't really have a big feeder system. And, uh, well, they play with fire and heart, and they've got cool songs and all that kind of stuff. But they started the Six Nations by beating Ireland. Then they beat Wales, too. So there's clearly something going on with the Scots. Uh, Super Rugby also started, and uh, with that, well, hopes were medium of any sort of big South African interest. Obviously, the Lions made the final in 2016, and everyone was hoping they can go one better. They lost a couple of players, but uh, very much the nucleus of the team was still there, and it was very much game on. They had the much easier draw of playing all the Aussie teams, so they managed to top the group overall, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Jos van der Vestesen, sadly, he passed away uh, after a long fight with um, ALS, I think it was. You know, UST was given a very small time to live after being diagnosed and he fought it and he raised a lot of money for various charities. And obviously, you know, leading up to US death and the aftermath, there was all the ugly issues around Amor and um, family squabbles and all that kind of stuff, which unfortunately is always going to happen. But, you know, in a sporting context, US was a, a, he was a champion sportsman. He really was. Whether you liked him as a, or not as a personal figure, well, that's always for personal debate. But as a sports person, what he did for the Springboks, what he did in SA Rugby was absolutely incredible. And, um, there wasn't, well, there wasn't a very, let me rephrase that. Um, there weren't too many people from a sporting perspective that were, that weren't really unhappy about this. Um, yeah, it was a sad day. It was a sad passing. And for someone to be cut down in his prime as it was, because he wasn't old. Huh? He was what's like early forties. Um, yeah, it was just very, very sad to see. 
In other rugby news, Alistair Garcia was given the go-ahead officially to stay on as Bok coach. Now, it sounds quite strange to talk about now that he was given the go-ahead and that he was also reviewed after 2016, in which he was, well, just dreadful. The worst Bok year we've ever had in, in modern times. Uh, it was just fantastically woeful. And uh, he was given the go-ahead from there. Uh, in the FA Cup in back in Feb, there was some real excitement around it because the small teams were coming through. So Millwall and Lincoln, Lincoln City, they both made it through to the FA Cup quarterfinals. But there was some controversy with the with the smaller teams too. So Sutton, a uh, very small team, they up against they came up against Arsenal, and Arsenal obviously always expected to win this one. It was at Sutton's home ground, and of course, as these teams progress in the FA Cup and they get a whole bunch of media attention, some cult heroes do start to form. Now Wayne Shaw was one such figure. He was the reserve goalkeeper slash groundsman slash basically he kind of slept at the stadium. Uh, he was the heart and soul of, of this ground, but he was mostly overweight and he was very much just an average kind of <laughs> sporting specimen. So he is a kind of guy that will have like a pie at halftime. You know, he's a guy who does love a pint with the boys. And there was, there was speculation going around that during the match between Sutton and Arsenal that he might have a sneaky pie on the side of the field. I don't really thought anything of it because, you know, it's a bit lighthearted banter. Arsenal obviously going to beat these guys. It was just a nice fanfare around the whole thing of like, you know, FA Cup fairy tales. So on the 82nd minute, Arsenal will 2-0 up, if you remember this. And Wayne Shaw purposefully strode out into the sidelines with a big Cornish pasty uh, in his hands. And he took two gigantic bites with that. And with that, well, massive controversy, massive controversy, because it kind of got into the whole line of match fixing even though it made no difference to the actual match. He was eating a pie. People were basing on him eating a pie. And he was subsequently suspended and given the ass for his club. Massive, like, massive downer, basically, because everyone loved the, the story of Sutton getting that far. And Wayne Shaw was integral to it. But the whole pie-eating thing was, well, it left a bad taste in the mouth, much like the old pie he was eating. Sundowns, they beat TP Mazembe in February to win the CAF Super Cup. So basically, you get the CAF Confederations Cup and the Champions Cup thingy and uh sundowns won the big the big prize and they beat tipu mzembe to be really just the 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 kings of africa unfortunately they were also well embroiled implicated well involved let's go with involved in that dreadful scene in the psl match when pirates were getting hammered by sundown 6-0 at loftus first the pirates fans decided well screw this we're invading the pitch and they were ripping up t- TV cables. They were making use of themselves. They were vandalizing things. Fights broke out. It was an absolute mess. The, the match had to be stopped for about half an hour to get to restore order in the pitch. 6-0 was the final score. And Pirates, well, this happened in February. These guys still have not been punished. Yeah, work that one out to see how, how transparent and how ethical the PSL really is. India welcomed Australia into India for a test series. And out of nowhere, the Aussies actually won a test match. O'Keefe, who you've already forgotten about, he took 12 wickets. Yeah, Virat Kohli didn't bat so well. And suddenly India, who were invincible at home, were taking a thrashing from the Aussies. Great way to start that series. Joe Root became the English test skipper back in February, of course, replacing Alistair Cook. And uh, Tiger, well, he was making a big comeback, as he always does this time of year. And in Feb, well, unfortunately, he broke down at the Dubai Desert Classic. So he played a rather indifferent, I think, 79 on the opening round. And uh second day came round and he was like, nah, screw it, I'm not in the mood, this isn't going well, I'm not feeling it, I'm out of here. And that was the last we saw of Tiger for, well, let's just say, pretty much most of the golfing year. And finally in February, the New England Patriots, they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, you've forgotten about that because you probably didn't care about that in the beginning. The Super Bowl is all about all about the halftime show where Lady Gaga, she pulled in from the stadium and all about the ads and some guy getting a date with uh, Jeannie Bouchard, the really attractive tennis player. But that was pretty much the highlight of the Super Bowl. Heading on to March, but while we gr- take our breath for that, you remember back um, in March this year, there was a guy called Muhammad Anas and he was interviewed after a match and uh, this is what he had to say. Man of the match, Muhammad Anas. Congratulations, Mohammed. I'm sure coming down here and making sure you walk away with something is a good achievement. But looking at the balance of play, I'm sure you could have won that game tonight. Uh, thank you very much. And I thank Almighty God who is above. I always wish to win one of these and, and, and I got it. So 
thank you very much for, for, for this, for giving me this. And I appreciate my fans also. My wife and my girlfriend. Yeah, I mean my wife. Yeah, sorry to say. I'm so I'm so sorry, my wife. Lizzie, I love you so much. Aya, I love you so much from my heart. Né? So you must keep on supporting me. And thanks for, for to come to the game. Yeah, we need a three points because the position we are is unfortunately it's not good, it's not bad. But again, coming uh, uh, away and getting a point, I think it's, it's, it's good for us. So we move on to the next game. You must be feeling in good form. I mean, you had the game. And Mohamed Anas became a global sensation. That interview was thrown around the world and everyone was thinking it was very, very funny. But uh, Mohamed, well, <laughs> uh, these sports stars, they get themselves into trouble without even even trying. So on to the month of March. Baha'i, apart from Mohamed putting his foot in his mouth, March was a very interesting month because the Six Nations in England, well, sorry, the Six Nations Rugby Championship, it got into its final stages. And England, well, they were the defending champions and they won it again. So Scotland, they were doing so bloody well in that tournament and they got 60 points by England in the final match. England went on to win that one. And with that, they'd set the the 18 test records, uh, or the, sorry, they matched the 18 successful, successive test record wins with New Zealand, 18 People obviously comparing the fact that their record might not have been as good as the New Zealand record, but all things considered, it was a pretty equal effort, you got to say, because people still believe that Southern Hemisphere Rugby is slightly stronger than Northern Hemisphere Rugby, but if you were to look at how bad and diabolical the Wallabies and the Springboks have been in, in previous years... Uh, so, you know, thoughts were always going to be divided on that. But then with the chance to go 19 wins, the holy grail of international rugby, 19 wins, Ireland, bloody Irish, they came and they won. Well, it was in Ireland. So they, they sort of unsettled the English there and they managed to beat them. So, I mean, they, Ireland stopped New Zealand's record march towards 19. So they kept them on 18. Uh, sorry, towards 20, they kept them on 19. And then they stopped the English from getting to the same one as the All Blacks. Bloody annoying, these Irish. Bloody annoying, if you're not Irish. In the in the Champions League, sorry, down to the, the round of uh, 16 stage, and uh, which we'll obviously get to when we resume in 2018. Back in 2017, in March, Barcelona, they lost five. One, sorry, five nil, five nil against PSG in their first round, the first leg of the round of sixteen. So PSG, they pumped a whole bunch of money into this team, and they're doing well. They're going from strength to strength. Well, then Barcelona, they went and they beat PSG at home, six one, six one. It really was an incredible, incredible feat. This, it was just, uh, it everything went went right for Barcelona. Everything went wrong for PSG. With such an amazing aggregate going into that match, sorry, it was um it was four nil PSG's aggregate going into it, and uh sure, just so so frustrated for PSG because I'm thinking a similar thing might happen in 2018. They've drawn Real Madrid in the round of 16. Sure, after setting the scoring record in the group stages of in 2017, they're going to hope for a hell of a lot, but they come up against Real Madrid straight away. So that's going to be something to look out for in 2018. Also happened back in March, Ronaldo was given that statue. Uh, it was absolutely dreadful. It looked very little like him. It was scary at best. And there was such an amazing sort of fallout on social media around how ugly Ronaldo's statue was. He looked horrified staying next to it. And later in the year, it was eventually replaced with something that looked a little bit more like him. The FA Cup fairy tales came to an end. Millwall lost to Spurs and Arsenal hammered uh, Lincoln City. So those teams were out, which meant that there's more strength versus strength coming into the semifinals. India managed to overcome that first test uh, deficit in February to kind of hammer the Aussies in that test series in March. And with that, even though Virat Kohli was batting very poorly, as always, including the Aussies in a test series, there was a big fallout after that and much, many words were said and many friendships lost, perhaps, that were made back in the IPL. Proteas went to New Zealand and they won a test series there. Very encouraging stuff from the Proteas. And then Dustin Johnson, he very much became the world's best golfer and kind of reminded everybody he was. He won two WGC titles in one month. He won in Mexico and he won the, the Dell match play. And uh, he was looking odds-on favorite to just dominate in the majors and really kick on because he was becoming a much better golfer, more consistent golfer than previous years. The F1 season started back in March, and with it, Vettel won. Ferrari won. There was a lot of preseason hype and noise around Ferrari really being competitive in 2017, and it started off with a bang in, in Australia. Very, very exciting stuff for F1, F1 fans back in March. And then also in March, well, um, hmm. 
This isn't such a great story, but you know, you got to throw these in there. Uh, Fakilin Balula, who was the then sports minister, he addressed a media panel a conference by saying that Durban will no longer be hosting the 2022 Commonwealth Games, which is going to cost too much money. They didn't think it was going to be a good idea. And, uh, well, you, you can't really trust the government in anything really, but they said that it just, it can't happen. They they decided or they told the Commonwealth Games people that they're not looking to spend that much money, but they're still looking to do it. And the Commonwealth Games people were like, screw it. Now you're reneging on a deal. So that was that. And I think Bristol is about to be named or Bristol or Birmingham is about to be named as a 2022 host. Then again, no one else wants this thing. The Commonwealth Games is another year where people just realize that this is such an after nothing kind of thought stuff. And uh, well, when Durban said no, thank you kind of paved the way for a, a rocky year in SA administrations because let's be honest they are kind of the worst of the worst but anyway big shame because in 2022 we could have had some amazing athletes who would be primed for greatness then because we've already got so many great athletes they just need big opportunities and that could have been a big one for SA on to April and what else what happened in April well it was also a very very interesting month and it was a month that um, enjoyed the Masters. It enjoyed FA Cup. It had a lot of football in there, actually. But let's start with uh, the FA Cup. Chelsea and Arsenal made it through to the final. Spurs and Man City losing out in the quarters there. So Spurs at this stage were obviously looking to do better than previous years. Try beat Arsenal. Try get into Europe. And April was a key month in that... What they did was they fell out of the FA Cup, but they managed to close the gap on Chelsea at the top as Liverpool absolutely capitulated, which started back in January. So even though it wasn't to be for Spurs in the FA Cup, they managed to head into the, well, they managed to finish the, the league ahead of Arsenal for the first time in so long. Super Rugby, well, the Cheetahs, they were, they were being the Cheetahs, I guess. They were, you know, great here, terrible in other places. But then all the mutterings around going to the, um, Pro 14, the, the, the Pro Twitter, Pro 12, as it was known back there. The Kings and the Cheetahs were like, you know, the, you guys are getting the flick. Hard to be motivated. The Kings were having the season of their lives, unfortunately, which made it even worse. So they were just, they were just trying to talk with performances saying, look, sorry, you can't get us out of Super Rugby. We've got our players here. We're playing bloody well. I mean, they beat the Sharks. They did so well. They played really, really great. They got some really great wins in there. The Cheetahs, on the other hand, they weren't doing so well. And the players actually cited the distraction of the Pro 12 um, exodus as something that, which wasn't helping their form. The Proteas then named their squad for the Champions Trophy and hopes were hugely high. Why not? They've got a great team. They're number one ranked team in, the, in ODIs. They can go to the Champions Trophy and they can win. Hopes were incredibly high. In April as well, Sergio Garcia finally won a, a major. After all those years of trying, the week started off with Justin Johnson falling down the stairs in a rented home in the Augusta area. And, uh, well, that's what the story is. People do kind of speculate otherwise. But Dustin Johnson fell down the stairs, he hurt his back, he went into that tournament, the overwhelming favorite, and he couldn't even tear up on day one. So with that, Sergio Garcia took the opportunity, and in a great Sunday duel with Justin Rose, Justin Rose looked like he had it in the bag, and then he went all soft in the last few holes. Sergio Garcia miraculously made a par on 13 despite being in Ray's Creek. And with that, he just showed the fortitude of someone who's been there many, many times but hadn't won before, and he won his first ever major. So love him, hate him, despise him, whatever. Good on Sergio Garcia. It made for a great start to the golfing year. In the Anna Inspiration, which is the ladies, one of the ladies first major of the year on the LPGA tour, Lexi Thompson incorrectly marked her ball by about two millimeters and uh, a viewer actually phoned in back in April. A viewer phoned in and said, Lexi Thompson, you must review how she marked her ball back on that hole on, I don't know, the Saturday or whatever. And they did. The LPGA Tour, they went and they took it seriously, and they went and they probed this. On the final day, they then informed her midway through her run in some of the worst reality TV I think I've ever seen that she was going to suffer a four-shot penalty because she didn't mark a ball in the right place, and she signed for the wrong score. So that four-shot penalty took her from winning relatively easily to then losing. Sad, sad moment in golf, and also like a big moment in that it was a slippery slope. If you're going to allow outside interference like that, well, then what's going to happen in future? I know there's been some rules passed ever since, but it was a bit of a low moment in golf. That was back in April. Also happening in April was the big Philip Potch SA Champs of Athletics. So South Africa's Athletics is going from strength to strength, despite um, what's happening 
sorry, in spite of what's happening with their administrators, who are all a bunch of absolute pricks. Uh, so huge amount of sprinting talent. So Kanye's been in the hundred, wait for Nikuk in the two hundred and the four hundred. There's just great talents around the track for SA right now, and they wanted to fill up Poch. There was the World Relay Championship somewhere in the Caribbean, which the ASA uh, delegation wanted to go to because obviously they wanted a holiday in the Caribbean. But all the top athletes were like, screw that. We want to give back to the country. We've been performing around the world with great distinction, but we want to perform in front of our home fans. And Poch was filled. So good credit to everybody who made that possible. And in the big 100 meters, Akani Sambini, he beat Wade for Nikok. He was the champion. But when it came to the 200, nobody came close to Wade. And uh, it was a great start to athletics here right there. Uh, Anthony Joshua, he beat Vladimir Klitschko in a fantastic heavyweight battle. So Joshua, not a lot was known about him. Obviously, he was from Nigeria, uh, now English, essentially. So the African continent really kind of swelled towards this this fight, and it was a really big deal. And Joshua, well, he won. It was a it was a great fight. It really was Klitschko, obviously, at the end of his career. Joshua, the rising talent. But there was a fantastic matchup here. And uh, Joshua won that one, and it was it was a great moment in boxing. There hasn't been too many great moments in boxing, but there it was. Gift and Gorpe, he made his MLB Major League Baseball debut. Unfortunately, nothing more really came of Gift in the in the big leagues of baseball, but he still managed to make that moment. And again, for the whole African continent, it was an absolute first first African player to make this happen. So that was a big highlight of April. And then big news in April was that Serena Williams actually won the U.S. Open, sorry, the Aussie Open, while pregnant. While pregnant. Who would have thought it? What an absolute champion. She just plows on and on and on while everyone else makes excuses about all kinds of stuff. But that was not going to be with Serena. And also in April, we'll take a little break. Gary Player was being Gary Player. Because, you know, whenever the Masters comes around... This is Gary's big platform just to be Gary. And uh, here he is, squatting a woman. So Elise and I want to do something completely different than what you normally see. In 1965, I was playing in the World Cup. And I didn't have the gym to go to, and I have to go to the gym. So I had a very fat man uh-huh. rooming next door to me. And I thought, well, what i got to do, I've got to get him to sit on my back, and I can do my squats. Get on my back here, man. Get on your back. Oh, give me a cup. I'm okay. See? So this is what I did. Now this beautiful chick, now look, see there? See I'm doing a three oh a three quarter squat, you see? Look at and she's giggling. She's not I'm not heavy. Oh my no, gosh. No, that I'm was strong. Great. I love it. Man. So there's always Man a right there's always a way to do your exercises. You don't have to have a gym. But go. man, hey, when you've got a beautiful chick like that, you get a lot of extra strength, guys. <laughs> 82 years old, and he's just, he's never going to change. He's never, ever going to change. In May, May was the big time of the year when all the big football leagues came to a close. And with that, Chelsea were the champions. Spurs had run them close. To their credit, they ran them really, really close. In doing so, they hammered Arsenal. Arsenal finished fifth. Yeah, Man United finished sixth, so they're outside of the Champions League places. But uh, good for Chelsea. So Conte with his first season in charge of Chelsea, he won that. But they won a very interesting title race for the PSL here in South Africa. There was them, there was Cape Town City. Sundowns unfortunately fell away. But that was a really unexpected win and a huge win for a team that's always been, you know, those kind of competitive guys on the side. But Gavin Hunt took his team all the way to glory. Real Madrid won in Spain. They won La Liga. And the other leagues were all very, very kind of um, predictable. So Man United, knowing that they'd couldn't get into Champions League football. Jose Mourinho had this great plan about doing really well in the Cups, and the Europa League Cup was one of his things. And they won it. They beat Ajax 2-0 in the final, and would that guarantee themselves Champions League football for the 27-2018 season? Arsenal, they won the FA Cup 2-1, and also didn't make the Champions League. No, FA Cup means you just win the FA Cup. That's about it. You don't get any sort of great um, privileges after that. So it was a good morale-boosting 2-1 win over Chelsea. And with that, Wenger, who has under so much steam, sorry, under so much doubt and hate over that um the whole season actually and he eventually was given a two-year contract extension so i don't know how the uh, you know the bar's quite low at arsenal if you win the fa cup as soon as a good season no one rec- no one agreed with that however so much so a fan came out with this song especially the guys on arsenal fan tv 10-2 on aggregate in two years bro 
Ten two blood, yeah? I see no changes. Wake up in the morning, I can't wait to see another meltdown on Arsenal Fan TV. Every Saturday night is my number one choice. Way better than X Factor or The Voice. Arsenal fans are getting angry and bitter. Here's Morgan losing his head on Twitter. Losing to Watford at home is tough. Put it on a banner. Enough's enough. But I've gotta say that I do understand. Getting bogged now when you've been promised Disneyland. You got a new stadium every week, it's stuff. But the trophy cabinet is gathering dust. Every damn season is exactly the same. It's like a red and white themed Groundhog Day Is it time for Wenger to finally quit? Messing it up like that bloody zip They haven't won the league since 2004 Consecutive Champions League But the fans want more It's just the same season over and over again Things never change And that's the way it is But that's just the way it is Yeah Some things they never change and it seemed like the Arsenal board were just happy with the way things were. That's just how it is. So Wenger was given another two years, and uh, people weren't happy. Obviously, Arsenal fan TV made the name for themselves. Uh, it all became a bit monotonous after that. As you know, I haven't put a lot of Arsenal fan TV back on the show since uh, since then. Also happening in May, the Blitzbox won the Paris 7s, and with that, they became the world champs. And it was an incredible year for the Blitzbox team. And even when they lost some players to Super Rugby and a few injuries, they just kept powering on. Warren Whiteley was named as the Streambok captain. Obviously, Adrian Strauss was the captain of 2016, which is the worst year in New York history. Uh, Warren Whiteley came through, and with that, uh, there was new hope. Miss Balhak and Yunus Khan retired from international cricket to Pakistani stalwarts who played deep into their 30s. Oh, Miss Bal is in their 40s, actually. And that was a bit of a sad day. The Proteas lost the ODI series in England. The big hope of going to the Champions League and winning they suffered a bit of an early blow. But with that, Kakisa Robata, he became the ODI number one, ODI number one bowler in the world. Tiger Woods got arrested in May because he took a lot of prescription drugs and he just, well, he got arrested because he was caught in his car, just blanked out and just an absolute mess. Nike tried to break the two-hour marathon record in a rather contrived event on a racetrack where they took a whole bunch of really talented East African runners in a special shoe which they hoped to flog millions of, and they timed it, and they got it down, and almost did it. I think it was 2.001, sorry, 2.01 in the end. And then uh, John Mitchell, he was um, asked to come and save the Bulls. The Bulls are so terrible in Super Rugby, just absolutely woeful. So John Mitchell, who was coaching rugby in the USA, he made his way to the Bulls in May. In June, the Proteas choked the crap out of the Champions Trophy. They were 140 for two against India in a must-win match to get them into the playoffs after a pretty mixed bag in the group stages. From 140 for two, they went to 191 all out. That was it. It was vintage Proteas. It was a choke of all chokes. And Proteus fans, they went back into the all-familiar fetal position. They then resumed their, their tussle with England and promptly lost the T20 series as well. Pakistan did beat India in the Champions Trophy final, though, which was a big surprise. India, of course, were the heavily ranked team. England, of course, were the heavily ranked team as well to go and do well. The Aussies doesn't seem to care, but Pakistan, they held, held true, and there they won beat that one huge deal that the lions tour the british and irish lions tour started of new zealand and well a tale of two teams basically the midweek team were losing to everybody but the main saturday team after beating the crusaders people started to take this lions team a lot more seriously everyone thought it was going to be a 3-0 whitewash then they got into the first test and well the hopes got back to the 3-0 because new zealand looked so good in that first test they beat them 30 points to 15 in what was almost a flattering scoreline for the 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 visitors while this was happening, the box were thrashing France by about 15 to 16 points every single weekend. There was just no, it, it was a great box performance. The team looked good. Warren White looked awesome as captain and people were going, yes, this is it. The box are back. This is going to be a great year ahead. In the Champions League final, Real Madrid, they beat Juventus 4-1 in what was mostly just an annoying match because then the Sergio Ramos and those other pricks, they were just diving all over the place and they managed to get a guy sent off. And yes, Real Madrid were the better team, but it was not a great advertisement for football. Super Sport United, they won the Nibbent Cup back in June. And in June in the tennis, um, sorry, not, yes, the tennis, Nadal wins the French Open. And, uh, because Serena wasn't playing in the women's draw, well, I gotta say, there wasn't a lot of interest coming around for this one. But Nadal won his 10th uh, French Open title. Absolutely incredible. Wade Fenikirk beats uh, Michael Johnson's 300-meter world record. So he then was aiming for the 200 later in the year. He beat Johnson's 400, obviously, at the Olympics. And then he beat the 300, a lesser-known event, but still one that Johnson did hold firm. In the U.S. Open golf, Ricky Fowler started bloody well. Everyone thought this was finally going to be it. But then he fell away terribly. Justin Thomas shot a 63 on the Saturday, the new lowest score in relation to a par in a major. But Brooks Kepka came through to win his first major. 
stage of, of his career. And the Cleveland Cavaliers beat the Golden State Warriors handsomely in the NBA final playoffs in July. July was a slightly quieter month as far as the football teams were all on break, so not a lot happening there. Chris Froome won the Tour de France. Uh, no big surprise there. And I'll move straight along. Roger Federer back at Wimbledon. He kind of decided he wasn't going to do much in the French Open. So he took a bit of a break. He got into a Wimbledon and like true class that he is, he ended up winning Wimbledon. Absolutely incredible tournament again to watch. While this was happening, the Proteas were getting hammered in the test series. They managed one good win, but otherwise they got hammered in Lords. Oh, it was just horrible to watch. It really was. The bowlers were getting injured. Um, the batsmen couldn't stay at the crease long enough. It was just woeful. Uh, JP Dubny was eventually dropped, uh, but even so, they had lost two, they were, they were two, two, sorry, two, one down in July, and it just really was just diabolical. And in July as well, Jordan Spieth, he won yet another major. The youngster is just, he, he really is going to be one of the true greats of the game. He won a very entertaining, uh, open championship, and at one stage, he pulls, he pushed his ball so far right, he was out on the driving range. About a 20 minute wait had to then happen. What happened, and then Matt Kuchar was waiting in the middle of the fairway. Many say it was a unsporting moment that took so long. Kuchar and, and Spieth apparently were fine with each other, but Kuchar, who was doing so well himself in that final round, his momentum kind of slipped. Spieth then hold an absolute bunch of bombs on the green, and he won into July. And the Proteas, after losing again the last test, they got hammered, so they lost that test series 3-1. It was a dreadful tour of England. They then went home, tail between their legs. It just wasn't a good time for SA, um SA cricket and Otis Gibson was then given the chance to coach them out of the doldrums so that was something that obviously was we're still going to see if it's going to bear fruit or not but Otis was then put in in August also in August was the world champ athletics so that was going to be Usain Bolt's big farewell to the sports and what an incredible incredible sporting star he's been in my mind probably the greatest sports star in the last decade if you consider what he's done how dominant he's been but apart from that what he's done for the sport of athletics what he's done for sport in general and the fact he's done it clean people always put an asterisk over if someone's done something clean or not but you can't fault bolt the guy was just something absolutely incredible when it came down to the track though well unfortunately it was the worst possible finish for the jamaican he could only manage third in the 100 meters he did go on to do much better um sorry not much better it's more about the 100 meters uh gatlin Justin Gatlin won the 100 meters to make that story absolutely even worse. Banned twice for drugs. He came back and to his credit in his mid thirties, he won the 100, but still it was just dreadful. And finally his, his entire, his final race bolts. Unfortunately, he, um, well, he wasn't running the 200, but unfortunately he pulled out of the, in the final leg of the relay was a hamstring just tore. Again, he was made to wait on the track and people said the cold weather and all that kind of stuff wasn't great. But as he took the bats and he wasn't going to win, it was true. It was clear the Americans are going to win that one, but his hamstring tore and it was a terrible way to see a guy so great. His final moments were on his back on the track. Luvo Manyonga, he won the world champs in the long jump. What an incredible talent this guy is. He really is an amazing story. He got silver at the Olympics, but he made it gold at the world champs. Casa Semenya, she was, she ran supreme again in the 800 meters and went for Nikok. He just, retained his 400 meter title and then did so well in the tournament meters eventually some guy from turkey won it but he finished second in the tournament meters he was trying so hard to make it more of a try add some more sprint disciplines to his year and uh, unfortunately there we go just got a silver but still a huge effort there justin thomas won the pga champ so he won his first major of the year it was the fourth and final golfing major of the year and then the Crusaders, though they won Super Rugby. They beat the Lions in a heartbreaking final at Ellis Park. The Lions managed to get the home, home final, but after about 20 minutes, Quaker Smith got sent off because he interfered with someone in the air. And then with that, well, it was another quiet stadium as New Zealanders celebrated. The Mayweather-McGregor fight was also a huge highlight in, in uh, August. It was a huge farce, of course, because McGregor was never going to be able to match Mayweather in a boxing ring. But he tried, and to his credit, he created a whole bunch of hype, and they both became very, very rich. I'm sure that means something to someone. The rugby championship started, and in August, it always starts with New Zealand beating Australia and the box battling with Argentina. So there wasn't much to look into there. What else happened? Well, we're now on to the month of September. So basically, as the year gets on, because of the how the Northern Hemisphere summers are structured, there's less big things happening. But uh, to wrap up the year from September onwards, Hamilton, we all thought that Hamilton was going to win the F1 this year. And after even if with Ferrari's big start, 
Hamilton and Mercedes, oh, they just came back. They just kept winning. And uh, with that, it became predictable again. It was like 2016 and the previous years all over again. Talking about being predictable in the U.S., sorry, in the President's Cup, which obviously is just like the Ryder Cup, but it involves USA and the internationals with no Europe. Their international team, it almost, it was almost decided before the Sunday. This is how embarrassingly one-sided it was. The USA team was just killing them. It just, it was just not fun to watch in the end. It was just heartbreaking. They managed to then actually do better than the American team in the singles, but at that stage, well, who cares? They were already lost anyway. So President's Cup, it has to go on. I think it's good for the, for the game, but it has to become a lot more competitive. And I think the format needs to change just a little bit. US Open tennis, well, Rafa Nadal, he won again. So, all about with with Murray and Djokovic out with injury. Uh, Federer didn't go too well in the US Open, but Nadal got through, and he managed to beat South African Kevin Anderson in the final. Anderson having the tournament of his life, so that will be one of the big sporting highlights from a South African perspective. Kevin Anderson making it to the finals, but he was beaten in straight sets. Nadal is just of another class, and Anderson. Well, there was no shame in losing to Nadal, even if it was in straight sets. Sloane Stevens, she won the US Open on the women's side of the draw, and she is a great talent for the future. Then the T20 League in SA, that much vaunted, much anticipated, huge T20 League. Well, it didn't happen. It went bust. And with that, Harun Logat resigned, and we still don't really know why. Rugby Championship-wise, well, obviously there was discrepancies and disagreements, but what the full story is, we'll never really know. In the Rugby Championship, SA managed to draw twice with the the Wallabies, but got hammered 57-0 in one of the darkest moments of the year against the All Blacks. The fight of the year was Canelo Alvarez versus Gennady Golovkin, and that ended in a draw. That was very strange, but it was a great boxing match. It really was, and that was real boxing, which the sport needed after the whole Mayweather-McGregor thing. Justin Thomas, then he picked up loads and loads of money because he became the FedEx champion. Uh, Xander Schaffler actually won the tour championships, talented youngster, but Justin Thomas, after that, he just, it was his year. It started in January in Hawaii, it came all the way through in September, full circle, it was his year, incredible, incredible golfing year of Justin Thomas. In October, Bangladesh came to South Africa for crickets, uh, well, we thought they came for cricket, but they were bloody useless in the field, they lost everything, and uh, it was such a, un- it was such a forgettable tour. The one standing highlight was David Miller scored a 100 of 35 balls in a T20. New Zealand won the rugby championships. Well, they kind of won it in September, but they officially got the title. And they were pushed all the way finally in one match. They won by one point against the Springboks. We all remember that match. It was a great match for box supporters. We all thought, again, this was like a nice false dawn perhaps. But anyway, 25-24, New Zealand won the final game of the rugby championships at Newlands against the Springboks. Western Province won the Curry Cup. They beat the unbeatable, seemingly unbeatable Sharks. They beat them 33-21 in Durban. Incredible result for that. And Supersport United, well, they won the MTN 8, which was a huge result for them because titles, all you're looking for as a sports team, you're looking for titles. In November, Grigor Dimitrov, he won the World's ATP, sorry, World Tour Finals on the ATP. So Nadal at this stage of the year was a bit out. Federer too, just a bit bushed. And Dimitrov, well, he's always been seen as a, as a great uh, talent for the future. He won that. It's a huge, huge result for him. The Ashes started, and they started predictably with England being beaten by the Aussies whenever possible. Hamilton won the world title. He wrapped that up pretty early, actually. There were still races to go, and he uh, non-result. Big controversy of New Zealand was sorry, of, of November was that the South Africa was seen as the preferred candidate for the 2023 Rugby World Cup. Then it came to the actual decision, and surprise, surprise, money wins. France are going to be hosting the 2023 Rugby World Cup. It's the first time in the history of this whole voting process that they've the the board then goes against the recommended um, candidate, and it was just a horrible, horrible end to the rugby year because. End of your tour with the Springboks went over to the Northern Hemisphere. They beat Italy. Yeah, they beat Italy. They lost to Ireland. They lost to Wales. They beat Italy. And um, I, I don't even remember anything else of that tour. It was just that diabolical. It was just a useless tour. Nothing really was gained from it at all. They beat France as well, but that French team is so crap right now. Four matches. Alice Garcia won the two easy ones. That's all he can take positives from, although he'll try to take positives for everything. Brandon Grace finally won the Nedbank Challenge from a South African perspective. First time in 10 years, the local guy won it. Incredible final round there. Tommy Fleetwood, he ended up winning the race to Dubai, although he was challenged all the way by Justin Rose, who won the WGC uh, HSBC in Shanghai. And then Mark Marquez, he won the MotoGP. Incredible young rider, this guy. He's so young, but cheap as I mean, he's going to be a dominant force. Maybe not in the same way Valentino Rossi was, but 
watch this guy race. It's very entertaining. Then into December, the month we are right now. And, uh, well, the Aussies winning the Ashes as pros is so far the highlight. They, well, it's 3-0. There's still two tests to go. There's the Boxing Day test will happen uh, next week. And then there's the newest test. But matters not. England have already lost. They've capitulated. First chance they've got. The World Cup draw for the football World Cup took place. And, uh, well, there were no massive surprises because the draw, you know who's going to be in there. None of the draws are completely unreasonable. The tough teams or the lesser teams will always find it difficult against the stronger teams. And the top two go through from each group. We've already covered that at length in the show. The Titans won the Ramsam T20. And even though the T20 league for SA did fall away, the big global one with international players and lots of money, it was still pretty exciting watching the Titans because it was mostly a Proteus team anyway. And they were really, really good. So if they can get more international players into the into the, this Ramsam T20 league, I think it'll be good enough. It really will be. I'm, I'm excited about it. And uh, there was good crowds too. Really, really good crowds. I enjoyed that from start to finish. And then, well, Vitz won the Telcom Knockout uh, Challenge, which is really cool for them, seeing as they're getting absolutely nowhere in the league. Defending champions in the PSL, they've rooted at the bottom of the table. Sundown's going to the Christmas break on top. And football-wise, in the English Premier League, well, Man City, it was this year was basically the second half, that is, this new season. It's all about them. They're doing well on every single front. They're alive in every single competition they're in. They're scoring goals left, right, and center. They are just doing so many amazing things. So whether they can hold on and do the Champions League, the FA Cup, the uh, League Cup, all that kind of stuff, all they'll really care about is winning the league and winning the Champions League. Everything else is just whatever. They are currently, I think, 11 points hit clear on the English Premier League, and they're doing so well in Europe. So that'll be the final... Uh, Final point of the year in review. I know there's, there's lots to get through, and um, there's been some amazing sporting feats. If you look at the guys who did the longest hole, uh, just just Google that. <laughs> it's one hell of a story. Uh, Chris Burtish, he was on a stand-up paddle from across the Atlantic Ocean again. There's some strange South Africans doing really amazing things. There really is. There are so many great sporting highlights. There are so many sporting lowlights, unfortunately. 2017 will go down as one that was, at the very least, it was entertaining. And that is hopefully what I hope you were throughout the entire time of 2017. Entertain with sport because sport is entertainment. I pretty much ran out of time. I had some other clips I wanted to play for you. But, you know, there's always next year, 2018. It's going to be exciting. The FIFA World Cup is obviously going to be a massive highlight. Will the Proteus be able to get back to their strength? Will the Springboks get get a clue, essentially, uh, or a new coach? There is so much that we're hoping for for 2018. I hope you have a great year. I hope you have a great festive season. And uh, a lot will be happening with the show next year. Always trying to take it up a level. Always keen to give you a great sporty podcast once a week. And uh, I've already got some great guests lined up for January. So thanks for joining me. And thanks for uh, subscribing to my YouTube channel, which is Follow the Bounce and watching the various content I put out there or just following me on Twitter as well. And uh, I really do appreciate all the support. And if I can keep going for another year doing all of this, then that will be really, really great. But you, of course, are integral to that. Yep, I think that's it. That's an hour of sport. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, happy December festivities and uh, all that stuff. That's it for this year. Thanks for listening to The Bunch Show. Catch you next time. This is CliffCentral.com.